0: This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hello. Welcome again to another episode. I am so honored that you press play today and hopefully we're doing something fun like going for a walk or we're driving down the road. Hopefully we're not doing something lame like dishes or whatever. But Either way, I'm so glad to uh, connect with you today, and I want to continue the conversation from last week where we're starting to talk a little bit about heart health stuff because of the cliche February being Heart Health Awareness Month and and the month of love and all of that. Um, So I'm taking a little bit different of a spin on heart health because I want to shift the focus and talk about stress. So stress is a killer. We've talked about this before. You've heard it probably a billion times that stress is a killer. Um, but it's not only, we're not only talking about blood pressure and inflammation, it can also interfere with metabolism, insulin levels, and sleep cycles, all of which are impacted by the magical hormone cortisol. So I want to spend a little time today talking about cortisol um, kind of as like a roundabout way of talking about stress and heart health. Uh, because cortisol, there's there's a nutritional component to cortisol and how to manage it. And I wanted to kind of also answer a couple of questions that I've gotten in the past about nutrients and how nutrients and nutrition and foods, are there any foods that can help with stress? So we're going to tie all that together, but first I want to talk about cortisol. So Cortisol is one of these stress hormones that is released when your body or your mind is in a stressful situation. Your body doesn't know the difference. So whether you're thinking about something stressful or you're physically seeing something stressful, your the response is the same. So it's actually very beneficial in that regard. It's It's a protective, it's meant to protect your body in the short run. Uh, it's very protective and helpful. In the long run, though, it's toxic. So let's kind of kind of talk, uh, take a step back here and talk about that. So cortisol creates stress in the body, which leads to higher inflammatory markers in the blood, you can actually measure this in your blood. Higher blood pressure is also a, a kind of a side effect of cortisol. It also disrupts sleep and wake cycles. You probably have experienced that when you're so worried about something or stressing about something, you can't sleep, or it causes you to be sleepier when you, you know, in times when you're not supposed to be. It disrupts that, that it's part of the cortisol uh, melatonin cycle, the sleep-wake cycle. Um, it also causes, like I mentioned, metabolic issues, um, digestive disruptions like constipation or diarrhea, and so many more issues if, if you have elevated cortisol for the long term. So let's talk for a second uh, real quick about the digestive part of it, because I get a lot of questions around digestion a lot, and I love talking about it. So from the perspective of your body, it uses cortisol to help either fight or flee something, right? It's the whole fight or flight response. It's part of that response. When you're about to fight something, you don't need your body simultaneously digesting your breakfast, It's a lot of energy that kind of is involved with digestion and to your body, the most important thing is usually, uh, or is using available resources to fight or flee. So all the energy goes to muscles or your heart, you know, heart, you'll notice that your heart rate increases to be able to provide blood and oxygen and nutrients to the working muscles if you're going to be running or if you're going to be fighting something, that's what it needs. When you're fleeing something, it's kind of the same thing. You don't need to be digesting food while you're running from a bear. In fact, I mean, your digestive system may clear itself out rapidly if you're running from a bear, but digestion is for the most part halted when you're under stress. So what do you think happens when the threat is not a bear, which is relatively short-lived one way or the other anyways, if you think about it, what if the threat is long-term, like a job you hate, or family issues or finances, if the threat is long-term, the response to that threat can be long-term as well, which means certain systems that aren't top priority in a fight or flight situation get moved to the back of the line, right? So we, th- we see this a lot in people who have depression or anxiety or other, like if you have a high stress situation, like a stressful job, they usually have dysregulated digestion it's super, super, super common. So you can ask yourself, well, why? Why is that so common? And if you think about what we just talked about, it's due to the stress response. Well, sometimes. It can sometimes be due to the stress response. So if that cortisol is constantly elevated, it's suppressing the digestive system. It can also be due to hormone imbalances, motility issues, which is regulated by hormones, um, different you know, gut bacteria things, there's a lot of research coming out on gut bacteria and uh, brain health, um, which is fascinating. I'll do a whole episode on that. Um, and then it can also be due, of course, to food choices made while under stress. So if you're under stress, or if you're in a stressful job, and you're not eating in support of nutrients, and it's it, your, your food is dysregulated, you're eating poor quality foods, all of that tie into digestion. So we went on a little sidetrack tangent about digestion and stress because it's, it's linked. And of course, di- uh, stress and other areas like heart health and all that are, are linked as well. But I wanted to kind of paint that picture for you if you are under stressful situations and also notice that your digestion is out of whack as well. So what do you do if you are under stress? I get asked a lot if any foods can help reduce stress. And there definitely are. But this is one of those rare situations where I tend to think food is a Band-Aid. I know, shock and awe. You will not hear me say that often because food is the most important factor in our health. I named my company after that. I, I believe that to the core. But think about it. Yes, there are nutrients your body needs to help it kind of better handle stress. But until the root of the issue that's causing the stress is resolved, those nutrients are simply a band-aid. It's not going to cure the stress. So the first thing I say to the clients or other people that I talk to who tell me that they're under, they're either like stress eating, which is a total different conversation, or if they're under a lot of stress, the first thing I ask is, what do you do to manage stress? What ways do you manage it? You can't always eliminate stress. Um, we, 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 Many times it's completely out of our control, but how are you responding to it? How do you take care of yourself so you can deal with the stress? If that's not part of the plan, then that's where you need to start. It doesn't always have to be, you know, bubble baths and massages. Stress management could be going for a walk in nature or watching a funny video or, you know, going to a boxing class or one of those smash rooms, which I really want to go to. I like to have people find also in the moment stress reducers as well as stress reducers they can do after a long day or a week. So in 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 the moment stress reducer may be uh, imagining something peaceful or counting to 10, like we tell our kids to do, or um, immediately shifting your focus to something that you're excited for, even though, you know, yes, this stressful situation is crummy, but I'm super excited for this weekend or whatever. It can really help to lower the stress. Those are the ones that you can do and kind of nobody would notice. So if you're like getting yelled at by your boss or something, it's not like you're going to go, bye, I'm out for a walk with nature. Um, You can do those more subtly. But those can be enough to lower your blood pressure and your stress stress response in the moment. So let's talk about nutrients to get because this is a question, like I said, I get a lot. And let's talk about some that help your body handle stress. Again, just by having a certain nutrient, it's not going to eliminate your stress, but it's going to help your body handle stress and it's going to help minimize your stress response. So let's let's talk about I I have it split up in two ways. So foods foods to get more of and foods to avoid. So let's start with the good stuff. Let's start with the stuff that uh, you want to get more of high magnesium foods. Magnesium is super, super important. And it's one of the things that most of America are lacking in. So these actually, magnesium helps to relax your body, as well as helps you regulate your blood pressure. Um, It helps with bone health. It helps with heart rhythm. It also helps with digestion, circling back to that part of it. It helps with digestion. So foods that have, are, are a little bit more magnesium rich would be uh, things like pumpkin seeds. So you can get some of those that are already shelled in like a little bag and try and get them without salt if you can. Um, But those are a good thing to kind of stash in your car or your purse or your office or whatever. You can snack on some of those. Um, Dark chocolate is also another one that but you know, it's not just any type of dark chocolate it has to be at least 90% uh, cacao. So that it has the, the magnesium in there, though, that really helps to Uh, reduce the stress response. Avocados are another thing, bananas, broccoli, spinach, those are all really high in magnesium. So for example, if you're stressed, and you're going to go out for lunch or something like that, try and get a spinach salad, try and get some avocados on your sandwich, something like that, try and maybe top it off with a square of dark chocolate, that's 90%. Um, You know, certain things like that can help to get magnesium in. And I know the question I usually always get as a follow up is, can I take a magnesium supplement? Yes, you absolutely can. You're a grown up, you can buy whatever you want. But if you can get it through foods, that is ideal, because foods have a Coenzymes, they have supportive nutrients that will help absorption of magnesium. That's the beauty of whole foods is that it has those other things that also helps your body get what it needs from that particular food. Magnesium supplements can be helpful if you're severely lacking magnesium. Sometimes they're necessary. Um, there are you'll you'll notice there are probably I think there's like seven or ten or fifteen something like that different forms of magnesium. So do your research. I I can help you with that if you have questions specifically. But certain the different forms of magnesium help for different things. So um, like for example, if you're constipated or if you're you know focused on brain health or what have you, there's different forms of magnesium for different uh, things. So be mindful of that instead of just blindly going and getting magnesium supplement. Or best case scenario get it through foods if you can. Um, Okay, the next thing is essential fatty acids. So these are foods or these are the foods that um, actually help to reduce inflammation. So these are things like avocados, again, chia seeds, um, fatty fish like salmon, olive oil, walnuts, all of these are very helpful to heal the body. So again, the damage that might be done during the inflammatory response of stress, you want something to tame that flame. You want some anti-inflammatory foods, essential fatty acids and omega-3s are uh, really, really helpful for that. And again, yes, you can go and get an omega-3 uh, fish pill or you know a supplement, but same as before, we want to get it in as many whole foods as possible because of the fact like, for example, with fish or with um, nuts or seeds, they also have the really, really good quality Uh, fat soluble vitamins in there too. So things like vitamin D and vitamin A and vitamin E and all of those things that are also really helpful for anti inflammation. And um, they are absorbed through fats. So we want to make sure that you're getting a good quality fat, and also the supportive nutrients. So there's a it's not just as simple as popping a pill, at least it shouldn't be as simple as popping a pill, although the pill companies would like you to believe otherwise. Anyways, moving on. B-rich vitamin or B-vitamin-rich foods. Sorry, (laughs) dyslexic moment there for a second. B-vitamin-rich foods are also important. Um, Specifically talking about B12. B12 can help regulate energy and metabolize cortisol. So if you are constantly having high elevated cortisol, B12 can help to metabolize that a little bit more efficiently. So foods to get would be like lean meats, um, like chicken or lean beef, eggs is also really high in that and nutritional yeast. Um, B12 is also one of the things that vegetarians and vegans tend to be lacking in. So if you happen to be a vegetarian and a vegan, if you're not already, this is a situation where I would say try and get a B12 supplement because you're not going to likely get it enough through foods. Um, And if you happen to be a vegan who is under a lot of stress, this can be something that's very helpful for you. So a B12 supplement may be needed for somebody who falls into that category um, if you're not able to get it through meat sources or eggs or nutritional yeast. Um, So speaking of protein, too, this is also something super important to get when you're stressed out. Adding sources of protein help to stabilize your blood sugar. We've talked about this before. Uh, When you are riding the blood sugar roller coaster, it can cause energy crashes, which can cause spikes in insulin. It it can cause uh, more inflammation and it can promote more cortisol. So getting sources of protein in each meal or snack helps regulate that blood sugar. So it can be simple as aiming for something like getting some almonds or some quinoa or some turkey or lentils or eggs or uh, peanuts or beans. Like all of those are really good sources of protein in various forms. So try and get some of those uh, in as well regularly throughout the day and try not to go too long between meals or snacks. Um, I don't even want to put a number on this. People always say, oh, okay, so like every two hours, every one hour, every three hours I should be eating. You have to do what's best for you. There are people who do phenomenally well eating every four hours. There are people who do phenomenally well and they need to eat every two hours. Everybody is an individual with this. It's really hard to to say what is going to be appropriate for you. That's where you need to to kind of do some self-reflection and know where you feel the best. If you tend to get hangry after about three hours, then I would say try and eat every two and a half. You don't want to hit the hangry level because that means your blood sugar has crashed. So um, try and get some protein and and balance out that blood sugar uh, throughout the day. So there are many other foods to get, but let's just start with those for now, because those are the most easily accessible kind of nutrients to get for most people. And it's a good place to start. So let's also talk about what to limit if you're stressed out. I know this is never the favorite topic to talk about what to take out, but it's necessary. There are foods that actually raise your cortisol levels and add stress to your body. So, number 1, it's kind of obvious, but I'm going to state it anyways, eliminate anything you're sensitive or allergic to. Now, I know that might seem like, well, duh, but sometimes you don't think about it. And if they're, um, you know, especially in sensitivities, allergies are usually something that I don't have to tell people to eliminate from their diet. Usually that's like, they're good with that. But if you're sensitive to things, or maybe you don't realize you're sensitive to things, that can be a little bit trickier. But if there's an immune response, there's inflammation, and this adds stress. So if you're, say, for example, lactose intolerant, Avoiding foods with dairy in it to help tame that stress response is gonna be very beneficial for you. It's gonna help lower the cortisol, it's gonna help lower the inflammation. Um, Other things that people can be sensitive to would be eggs or gluten or um, chemicals or dyes in foods. Those can all elicit that same stress response because your body is under threat. Remember, you have that fight or flight because your body thinks it's being attacked or it's under some sort of threat. When you look at it from your digestive system's point of view, if there is a chemical coming in, if there is something that is irritating to the lining of your gut for whatever reason, it's going to have that same response. So if you're overall trying to limit the stress response in your body, you also have to look at what foods you're bringing in that you may be sensitive to. Okay, so number two would be alcohol and caffeine. I know you probably just screamed out loud, but it's Those are really, really, really um, ones to pay attention to. So it's super common to say, oh, I'm so stressed. I'm going to go have a glass of wine or I need a drink or, or, you know, after something stressful happens. But just because it's common doesn't mean it's helpful. So these can actually raise cortisol levels and further the stress response. And, of course, it can also impact your sleep, which then impacts your hormone balances and energy levels and all of that kind of gets thrown off course if you have a lot of alcohol and or caffeine in your day. So just something to think about. don't kill the messenger. It's just you know something to consider in the overall scheme of how you're going to handle your stress. Um, the number three would be high sugar foods and drinks. You know I had to throw this one in there. You may have learned at some point in your life that a response to stress is eating sugar. Many of us have adopted this principle. It's a coping strategy, right? We think we need it. We may even crave it after something stressful happens. Many people who call themselves stress eaters are referring to eating a lot of sugar foods or drinks after a stressful event happens. Um, Sometimes it's it's sodium related or crunchiness, too, but a lot of times it's sugary stuff. But sugar is actually perpetuating the problem. It throws off glucose, it causes insulin to spike up, and it further promotes cortisol, disrupting the gut bacteria, and it can lead to sleep issues So not even touching, not even touching on the fact that there are also self-esteem implications that it causes. Some of us, you know, after we overdo it on sugar, it starts a whole vicious cycle. And, um, you know, that's kind of a whole nother topic to talk about, but that can further your stress. So those are just three ones that kind of came to my mind when I was putting together this list. Of course, there are more, but. If you can start there with the ones to kind of limit, and if you can start there with the ones to kind of add in, um, that would be an excellent place to get started with that. So hopefully that was a little bit helpful if you're under stress. So let let me kind of recap or summarize. So number one, stress is a killer. It causes hormone imbalances as well as whole body systems to be suppressed. You know, and I didn't even touch on the fact that uh, not only is your digestion Suppressed in times of high elevated stress and and long-term chronic stress, so is your reproductive system. So just think about that for those who are having fertility issues, not to say that simply by lowering your stress and, and, you know, getting some of these things in your diet, that's going to magically improve fertility. There's a host of reasons why fertility issues are happening, but that is one I would highly encourage people to start with. Is there a way that you can lower your cortisol, lower your stress? Can you get in some healthy, nourishing, supportive foods if you are um, going through infertility? So number two would be developing a healthy way to cope with stress. It's going to be key for you for lasting health. We have to find those ways to manage our stress. We have to. No amount of nutrients, supplements, foods, anything is going to help your body if you're chronically under high levels of stress, but they can be supportive. And then number three, some nutrients to get through foods would be magnesium, essential fatty acids like omega-3s, B vitamins, especially B12, and protein to help regulate your energy and your blood sugar. So your action task for this week is to ask yourself, what do you need right now? What do you need to help support you in whatever stressors you have? Do you need to schedule a girl's trip? Do you need a date night? Do you need to hire an assistant at work? Do you need to find a therapist? Do you need to sit and plan out healthy meals and snacks? What would help you handle the stress that you have right now? But that's actually not your action task. That's the lead-in to your action task. Your action task is... What one step are you going to take to meet your need? Identify the need first. What do you need? What would be helpful for you? You'd be surprised, or maybe you wouldn't be surprised, at when I ask somebody what they need, almost always they're like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I need. Because we never sit and ask ourselves that. If you're a parent and your child is crying, or if your child is, you know, upset First thing, one of the first things you say is, what do you need? What's wrong? What, what can I help you with? But we don't ask ourselves that, which is a little bit ridiculous and, and kind of sad. So let's start by asking that. What do you need? And now that you've identified truly what you need, maybe there's a list. That's okay. List it out. List like five, 10 things that you need right now. Pick one of those things. And your action task is, what one step are you going to take to meet your need? Don't put this off. I know you're like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll do it, whatever. And then you don't. Don't put it off. Do just one thing this week to meet your need because you deserve to feel amazing and you deserve to take action on something that's going to help you feel amazing. So as always, you can schedule a free consultation with me to discuss your nutrition goals by clicking on the link that's in the show notes or by going to foodfactornutrition.com. If you found this episode helpful in any way, though, I'd be so honored and so grateful if you left a review so that it helps other people know that the show is even here and that it exists. Um, Or you you can share it with somebody, pass on the link to somebody that you think might value or might benefit from hearing some of this information. But thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful rest of the week. Bye.